0: Welcome back again to the Grief Observed Podcast. I am your host, Brad Murrell. I want to thank you for being here today. Uh, if you want to be on the podcast to tell your story of grief, contact me at griefobservedpodcast at gmail.com. I have had an inbox full of people today. Uh, literally, I am on my fourth podcast today, and uh, it. It just tells you that there is no shortage of grieving individuals. So if you want to be someone on the podcast, please just contact me and we'll get you on as soon as possible. Um, Also, if you go to the Podbean app to listen to this, I want you to know that you can hit the uh, drop down called Tags and, For example, if you've lost a father and you only want to listen to podcasts about people grieving the loss of a father, you can click tags and then father and then boom. It is nothing but grief uh, podcasts here that speak about the loss of a father. Uh, There's many other tags in there as well, like miscarriage, holidays, anything that you think may be... um, part of your grief story that you want to find and listen to others that you may connect with. Um, my guest today is Stephanie. Stephanie lost her mother and she wants to share a bit of her story with us today. And, uh, and more than anything, she wants to honor her mother for who she was. So Stephanie, thanks for being with us today. I appreciate you taking time to uh, speak You know more so about who your mom was but also a little bit about your grief story. So thanks again for being here. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's, it's already been a pleasure speaking with you just before we hit record. And, um, you know, you've made my mind think about many things already, and I'm sure that, uh, you're going to bring some great insight to others, you know, and, uh, I'll shut up and and first just let you speak about who is Stephanie. Tell me more about you.
1: <laughs> um well, I am a forty five year old mom of a fifteen year old. She is um, a wonderful daughter. She's on the autism spectrum, so that brings some interesting things to our life. Um, I'm a teacher, I teach middle school special education, and I originally am from Georgia, but I live in Tennessee, and like you said, I want to talk about my mom. She passed away just over three months ago from cancer.
0: Hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I have people come on. Um, some people lost a loved one several years ago. Some people lost one very recently, and it amazes me. I, I feel like it takes a lot of courage to come on a podcast like this, especially only three months out, because it's that's still a period in life where the loss is very raw. And yes, I, I do commend you for being here. And and uh, just I, I'm sure that takes a lot of courage. But um, let's first start with with your mom. Tell me tell me what life with mom was like. Did you call her mom?
1: Yes, I called her mom. Um, Her name is Louise, and she honestly could not have been a better mother. God Mm. blessed me beyond measure with her. Um, She had a very hard life. She grew up in a very abusive household, and then she, at 18, married a very abusive man. Um, my father, and she just, it was trial after trial. She lost her sister to murder. Um, She just went through so many struggles in her life, but she was the most resilient and full of faith woman. Um, She actually taught me what faith looks like and how to have faith. I think faith is a very Intangible thing for many people, but I saw it daily in my mom. So it, she just grew that faith within me. Wow. Um, she prayed all the time. And I mean, our, my childhood was very tumultuous. And every time we were in bad situations, her faith just shone through. And the strength that she had to go through so many things is still just mind boggling to me. Um, So when she got cancer, when she was 42, uh, it was very devastating. She was initially diagnosed with breast cancer that had metastasized and was given about six months to live. But God had a different story. And While I feel sometimes a little guilty about this, and she did too, we had more than 20 years together after that diagnosis. And it was a part of her testimony because there were literally doctors she saw that said, it's impossible for you to still be alive. And so it's a wonderful testimony she got to live out and that we get to continue to live out by telling her story.
0: That's it. And that's, that is how I think we keep the memory of people alive is to continue telling their story. Um, Stephanie, one thing you just said there that uh, just absolutely resonates is two simple words, but God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, I hear that uh, definitely in the Christian world. And, and I don't think that we can take it too lightly. You know, a lot of times we see people um, in situations where we just feel like there is no other way. And then it's, you hear, but God, and it's like Mm -hmm. a whole new path is cut. So here's a woman diagnosed with cancer at 42. And, you know, doctors are stating you have six months to live. And then they're stating, I don't know how this is possible. And Mm -hmm. for you and I and any other believer out there, it may be more simplistic than, than what they see. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love those, butt God stories. Those those are awesome. And this one just adds to the list. And it sounds like your mom, um, like you stated through adversity, just continued to live an amazing life. And uh, I don't know, just the way you, you paint that picture of her tells me that uh, her faith was amazing. And um I don't know I I would I would hope that my faith could grow as as much as what it sounds like your mother's was that that is amazing
1: It it truly truly was and I I hope I can be I mean a fraction of the woman that she was I feel like she was so strong and that I could never compare um but I know God strengthens each of us. And so that's what I have to hold on to. Um, She had cancer multiple times. Um, They never said she was in full remission. Um, She dealt with bone cancer, cancer in her blood and her lymph nodes, lung cancer, liver cancer. Um, Ultimately, she passed from it spreading to her brain. But God also showed up there, too. She was diagnosed with brain cancer January 23. And they did treatment, but they were not hopeful. And her radiation shrunk the tumors by half and allowed us to have a little more time. I thought we would have more, but um, she passed in October. Hmm.
0: Well, I I definitely hate that you've gone through this. Um Tell me more about, you know, we we kind of touched on this before we uh hit record, but that anticipatory grief, how long was that? I mean, obviously, okay, you saw your mother struggling with cancer at age 42. How old were you then?
1: Um I was about 13.
0: So, what was your initial thought whenever she was diagnosed back then? Did you, were you actually scared I'm thinking or... of
1: a different time. I was 20-ish <laughs> 20ish okay Sorry.
0: still that's okay. that's no problem.
1: Yeah, I was I was devastated. I lived in a different state. Um, like I said I grew up in Georgia and my family is still in Georgia. So it was very hard being apart from her. Um, of course, I visit all that I can. But when she was first diagnosed and we had that terrible prognosis, I remember going into a horrific depression where I couldn't do anything. I couldn't clean my house, cook meals, take care of my bills. Everything shut down for me. Hmm. And it was I just couldn't fathom going on without her and I'm glad that God saw fit to give me more time. Um but the anticipatory grief has traveled with me for more than 20 years on and off um when she would struggle through major bouts of cancer and the worst of it was this past year when she was diagnosed in January with brain cancer. Um that had always been her fear because she had watched somebody go through that mm-hmm. and saw how it devastated their life and their mind and how they could interact with others. And when she got that brain cancer diagnosis, I knew that with all the miracles we've had, I knew that that was going to be what was going to take her. And the Grief that that brought on was so hard for me. I have always struggled with mental health my whole life with depression and anxiety, but that really overwhelmed me, kind of like it did when she was very first diagnosed. But now I'm a mom. I have a job. You know, I've got a house. I've got things to take care of. But it truly shut me down again. And I am very thankful for, I see a therapist and he suggested looking into family medical leave Mm -hmm. and I was able to take that option and take some time off of work before, during and after my mother passed. And I started taking time off in March because I simply could not handle the stress of life with that anticipatory grief Mm -hmm. and it's it's such a roller coaster because especially i think with brain cancer because things change so rapidly um one minute she's really confused and doesn't understand what's happening and then the next day she could be completely herself and then the tumors swell or the brain swells and she lost the use of her legs and it then she got it back and then it went again. Everything was so up and down and you just don't know. I mean it comes down to days. It's no longer years or months. You start thinking in days and every phone call becomes is this the last time I'm gonna hear her voice? So I didn't even realize there was a name for it (laughs) until I joined a board on Facebook for terminal cancer Mm -hmm. support and people started talking about anticipatory grief. And I thought, wow, that is what I'm in.
0: It is (laughs) a very, very real thing. And, uh, you know, it, it is a different type of grief, but you know, it does not prepare you for, loss you know it's it's just a different yeah. style of grief it's uh i'm i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that may believe that uh okay because you were anticipating it that you were able to grieve and that it didn't hit you as hard when right. the loss actually occurred and that's generally not, not at the all. case you know there <laughs> not may be a portion of relief that, okay, this person no longer has to suffer. Okay. We can agree with that um, for the most part, but you know, it does not change the fact that the person that you loved is no, uh, or not even loved, but still love Love, that person is, is no longer with you and it still hurts. Um, So I feel like people who go through anticipatory grief really have double duty. They're grieving before Mm -hmm. and grieving after. Whereas, um, someone with, uh, you know, a sudden loss, they Mm -hmm. don't have that before. You know, it's, um, one of my great friends, uh, he, he lost both of his parents in the same year due to Alzheimer's or a form of dementia. And, um, it was just, he, he called me up and he said, Brad, uh, pray that your parents just drop over dead. And he said, I know you don't understand Uh, this right now, but he's like this watching and waiting was the worst uh part of his life. And, you know, when I hear stories like yours and his, um, it does, you know, to the degree that I can, I understand what he's stating, and I think it is because, like I stated, you're grieving double duty. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I want to at least bring out before we go forward is the fact that I think you've got your own but God story, and a lot of that intertwines with your mother.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Just to know that, okay, at 20, uh, you were dealing with certain things, and you know, that God did keep your mother around for many years so that uh, life circumstances and things like that would change and that you could continue to see her faith. And uh, I don't know, mm-hmm. I, I would love to hear your butt God story too. And maybe yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, it's, uh, you're welcome to share as much of that as you want. But, you know, I I do feel and, and, and just see and hear through your words that, it was a big part of your mom that uh, really influenced, I guess, the whole trajectory of your life.
1: I agree completely. Um, she was so strong in everything that she did, her faith and her work ethic and the way that she loved. And like I said, I feel like I can't compare to her at all even though I try so hard, Um, but she did. She taught me how to be a Christian, how to love God, how to have faith. And I was thinking about it the other day. I've taken those spiritual gift tests and studied a lot about it. And I truly believe I was given a gift of faith. Mm. And I think that God grew that through her support you know, and I could not be more thankful for that because I always have so much faith. Um, My mom and I, but she was very heartbroken by this when she was diagnosed with brain cancer and they did the treatment. We all knew brain cancer means it's not going to be good, you know, mm. and. While we prayed and hoped that it would work, we knew that that was, you know, a one to five year best case scenario. And when the radiation did work, she said she felt so guilty for not having enough faith to believe that God could do it. Mm. And I was like, Mama, you have been so strong and so faithful. Um, But she did feel really bad about that. And. I did too, because I didn't have enough faith right then, even Mm -hmm. though I, I had faith, (laughs) it just didn't seem like enough because like they said, she had six months to live 20 plus years ago. Um, and we didn't believe that, (laughs) but we did believe how strong the brain cancer was. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. It's hard.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, being a Christian doesn't mean that, you know, our faith is concrete and, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely tested at times. It's stronger at times than it is at others. And, you know, it's, uh, we're still a work in progress too. So, Uh um, you had mentioned therapy and if you want me to shut up here, I can, I can shut up, but I'm curious. Um, you know, cause I've, I've had a lot of people on here that believe in therapy. Some people it's like, yeah, it's not for me. I've had one person actually contact me a couple of days later and state, you changed my mind. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> when and I, I won one, you know, and, um, <laughs> right. and, and it's not that I'm looking for business. I am completely full as we speak. Um, right. but it's, um, I, I'm a strong believer in finding help um, so I, I, anything that anybody can do that's outside of, I guess the norm, um, you know, or, mm-hmm. or just trying to wing it on their own. Yeah. I think that's important. So tell me more about, uh, I guess your, I don't know, quest for, yeah. you, you said you've actually just, uh, struggled with depression and anxiety for, for quite some time.
1: Before? Yeah, pretty much okay. my entire life. Okay. I think because of the household I grew up in being so abusive and manic and tumultuous, it just, I was born into it, you know? Yeah. And so when I was in my senior year of high school, it was the first time I sought out therapy. And I went a little bit through college and then, you know, you lose insurance and whatnot. And so I went for a long time without therapy. Right. But um, my doctor had suggested it in 2022. And I feel like that's part of my God story because God knew what was coming in 2023
0: Mm. and
1: that I would need that support. You know, Um, that's
0: interesting you stated that because, um, on an upcoming episode, we've not scheduled it yet, but one of my best friends ever, um, is coming on and I was in a band with him and his brother, uh, me and Mike, the guy that will be on the show. Uh, we, we were best friends all through school. We were in the same grade level. And then his brother Chad and I became closer after I got back from the Navy, and we wrote music together and, and things like that. Um, and there goes my ADHD going off my point completely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I, it's back. I, it's like sometimes I just uh, disappear. I'm for there.
1: A <laughs> I'm there with you.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I think it's because I take the long way to the story. I don't know. Same. <laughs> yeah, it's if I would just tell the details it would be done. But anyway, here we are. I'm back. Um mm-hmm. I I ended up feeling uh down or depressed many years ago. It's it's been about 12 years ago uh since his passing. But I actually went to counseling. I think it was 1 week before Chad passed away. Mm. And it was almost like, like you stated, almost a God thing that what in the world would I have done Right. had I not been in counseling when he passed away? I would have absolutely lost it. But you know, my, my therapist, I'm sure was like, she had to be shocked. I mean, here I was coming in just to talk about right. feeling <laughs> a little depressed. And then week two, I'm in a bucket of tears, just like, Oh my gosh. I, you know, so I think it was absolute timing and maybe God stating, all right, Hey, go get help. Now. Mm -hmm. Something bigger is coming down the line and not to put that as a scare out there for anybody else who may feel like, Hey, they need to go in for depression or anxiety. Um, I don't instantly think something horrible is going to happen in your life. But, right. Um, but I think we do need to listen to those those uh, nudgings, if you will, that it's it's time to do something about, you know, mental health. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, back to your story. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> That's OK. I want to while we're talking about therapy and everything, I am a big supporter of medication when it's needed. Mm -hmm. I take medication and it truly is bananas how much chemicals can control our lives. Um, When things started going off the rails in January after mom was diagnosed with brain cancer, I mean, I was already in therapy and already on medication, but things got so hard and so dark Mm. and we increased my medication and I was suddenly able to see normal again you know I was able to have a baseline where I could experience my feelings without them crushing me Mm. and I that was what I said when I went back in I was like it is crazy how much chemicals can control us And sometimes people feel very weak and are very ashamed of medications, but a lot of what's going on is just a chemical deficiency. Um, I mean, obviously it does not heal my grief in any way, shape or form, but it allows me to be able to not let it consume me.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you on that. Like I, um, sometimes I probably do give the pharmaceutical world too much grief in the fact that um, th- there are a lot of doctors who push pills on people for mm-hmm. a multitude of things, but um, I do believe in medication when it is needed. And it is generally one of my last go-tos. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't prescribe, but obviously I do refer out. You
1: right. know,
0: I, if somebody comes to me, I'm first going to see, is there a way around this? you know, through uh, whether it's cognitive behavioral therapy or EMDR or something that can uh, maybe relieve this person of depression, anxiety, trauma. But if we get to a point where I see that, okay, this person still doesn't want to shower. They don't want to get out of bed. They don't want to interact with people or go to work. I then say, okay, look, it's, it's time that we investigate medication and you know I do get some pushback every once in a while and it's like I don't want to go on a pill right and my first answer to that or uh, solution or thought is okay if if I told you you had a heart problem would you have Mm -hmm. any problem taking this medication at all and every one of them is like no and I'm like why is it different with mental health exactly Um, But what I have found with medication is that if I can't get a person motivated or uh, going in life without medication, um, sometimes it's that pill that gives the person enough relief to where they can then start working on the tools that I give them. Some people can't get to the tools. They hear them, they put them in their pocket, but they can't initiate or activate those tools because of that chemical imbalance. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a pill if that's what's needed.
1: Yeah, I, that's how I feel I was. I have the coping mechanisms. I, I mean, I teach special education, I have a daughter with autism. I have got a large basket of coping tools, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't use them myself um, when I was just so depressed. Um, I definitely do not think medications for everyone, but I do think it's something that people can get really sideways about and not want to go into when it can be helpful.
0: Do you feel like there's anything natural that people can do? And and this is probably a leading question, but, <laughs> um, you know, obviously we hear, okay, yes, go work out, you know, it, it'll change the endorphins in the brain, um, eating properly, you know, there, there's a lot of things that we can do, but, uh, do you think there are more, I don't know, are there healthier things that people can do, um, even alongside of medication, what are your thoughts?
1: For me personally, I can't, those are kind of tools that I can't get to. Okay. If I am not regulated chemically, um, you know, not wanting to get out of bed, you don't certainly don't want to go exercise But for so many people, that is incredible. They can go for walks in nature, um, you know, do different types of relaxation and meditation and things of that nature. I do use um, like essential oils for calming smells Mm -hmm. and, you know, do self care type things. I can't even think of what I do right now, but (laughs) um, there are so many things that we can do to comfort ourselves and build ourselves up physically so that we can better handle things.
0: Well, you actually went um, kind of right where I wanted you to go (laughs) and and not even knowing it. I, I didn't leave you. I didn't tell you about this before the show, but... One of the uh, things that I'm doing is I've just set up some affiliations with um, some health places, and it sounds really weird, especially if you've never done the research. But uh, I'll I'll just use this as the first episode to introduce it. I've not created a commercial for it yet, but probably Mm. will. (laughs) But um, have you ever heard of earthing? Or grounding, not grounding in the sense that uh, we talk about it in mental health, but literally like earthing or putting your feet on the ground.
1: I have been seeing a lot more of it on the Internet. Mm -hmm. I haven't done research into it yet, so it's an interesting topic.
0: I will tell you, I have done a lot of research on it lately, and I'm going to go ahead and put uh, a referral link in the show description today. I, I was going to do, going to do this like uh, once I create a commercial for it, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw it out there. And people, if you use Grief Observed podcast, no spaces, just all together um, in your order to this place called Huga H-O-O-G-A Health, Huga Health, and I'll put a, a referral link in and then just use the discount code. You get 12% off of uh, anything on their website, but what's cool is a lot of their things are already cheaper than using the same company on Amazon, so you're already getting a discount off of sure. the Amazon price plus an extra 12%. This is, I promise, not a commercial, this is horrible, (laughs) But, but it leads into my conversation about earthing and what it is and what I've found. And if you research it, there are multiple studies on the effects of putting your bare feet on the ground, which is crazy because my feet are like a baby's butt. They're, they're very smooth. <laughs> they I keep socks on 24 hours a day. And it's, I don't know, I'm getting no benefit from the ground outside, <laughs> but you can actually buy mats, um, whether it's a yoga mat or whatever, and you can plug it into the ground outlet on your, inside your house. And I would recommend, you know, checking your ground to make sure it's good before you do it. Um, hmm. But you're getting the same effects as being outside because there's a, a ground rod that is into the ground on the outside of your home that's grounding the whole yeah. electrical system. But when you start researching the effects of grounding on the body, it changes the inflammation. It changes uh, neutrophils, lymphocytes, pain levels. Um anxiety, depression, like it is absolutely amazing. I'm not trying to oversell it, but I would (laughs) recommend people do their own research. Like it's, it's amazing what it does. And I feel like, um, you know, God has given us this earth and, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I always kid around now with all my friends that now that I'm doing this research on this stuff, I'm like, you know, I, I gave tree huggers a really bad time <laughs> back in high school and now I've become one, I guess. I don't right. know. Right? Um, it
1: seems too simple to have an effect, but so many things are like that.
0: It It is. And it, it definitely seems very simple. Um, and again, I'm not telling anybody to go off their medication or anything like that. I'm just stating that yeah. this is... Something that you know, do your research and look at grounding. It's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, other natural things that I suggest to clients a lot of times are uh, you know, B complex is really good for the brain. Uh yes. fish oil with EPA and DHA, you know, if you just go into Walgreens mm-hmm. or or a CVS or whatever, you may not find a really good quality fish oil. But if you find one that's high in EPA and DHA, um, there are considered therapeutic doses of that. There's studies from over in the UK where they would uh, give even schizophrenic clients or patients uh, high doses of fish oil and their symptoms were all but removed even so much that three months later after they stopped the fish oil, they were still symptom free. So like when I hear things like that, uh, I'm really sold on some of it. But again, um, sometimes people need that extra boost through medications, pharmaceuticals. And Mm -hmm. I always state, you know, if you find what works, keep doing it. And it seems like you have found what works for you. Um, well,
1: vitamins did play a part in that as well. I was very deficient in B and D and also in iron and all of those can affect your mood and uh, depression feelings. Mm-hmm. And so my doctor, I worked with her and uh, we got those back on track and it, I saw a difference with that before I started going through the grief process.
0: You know, another one that I, I talk to people about and, you know, my clients, I think, look at me like I'm crazy or something, <laughs> but um, I, I always ask them, I'm like, do you drink a lot of milk? And they just look at me and, and uh-huh. if they say yes. I'm like, OK, so that obviously raises your calcium level, but higher calcium levels reduce your magnesium. Magnesium mm. has effects on anxiety and depression, so mm-hmm. I think we've got to look at at some of those things. But again, um, I don't know. I, I hope we've not aired too far off of <laughs> grief and and. But I feel like it's important for people to understand that okay, if if they do feel like I, I don't want to go on a pill, there's right. other things that they can do and. This is the wrong time of the year to go put your bare feet out in the yard. I've got about five mm-hmm. inches of snow at my house, so
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got at least two and a half inches here,
0: <laughs> yeah. so you know that's where I think these these grounding things inside of our home. And if you look at these studies, even on the NIH, the National Institute of Health website, um, you will see that they even talk about artificial grounding, I guess, so to speak. It's it's still grounding, but inside your home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, I, I just, I'm really new to it all, but uh, everything that I've found is just amazing. And, uh, you know, if, if I can help somebody in grief improve their sleep or reduce their stress by normalizing like cortisol levels and things like right. that through as simple as going and putting your feet in the yard, you know? Right. And I'm not telling people they have to go buy these mats by any means, but get outside. Yeah,
1: that's just a convenient option.
0: It is, especially in the winter. But like you're stating, you were deficient in vitamin D. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that's getting out in the sunlight. That That's going to yeah. help that. But, uh, you know, we also have to protect our skins, you know, our skin and our bodies. <laughs> so, you know, there's a fine line there. Um But anyway, I think anything that we can do to help ourselves through the grieving process is very important. And, uh, you know, whether it's a vitamin, whether it's a pill, whether it's counseling, um, I feel like we have to love on ourselves as much as the person that we love that we've lost.
1: Yeah. I, I try to be very... Patient with myself because grief is just it's overwhelming at times and I think we don't talk about it enough um, since my mom has passed away I'm like how did she deal with her mom passing away I she never talked about it she never talked about her sister she didn't talk about things And I think so many families are like that. And my daughter, you know, some people still, they don't give me the advice to just be strong for her and don't let her see you cry. Mm. And I don't feel that that's right for us. Maybe that's right for certain ages. I'm not sure, but um,
0: I don't agree with that statement at all. To be honest, like the, Um, you know, to tell somebody, be strong. And, you know, one thing I'll throw out there that you and I were kind of discussing before we uh, came on tonight was crying. And, Uh you know, I I spoke of, uh, you know, our bodies are so wonderfully made that God gave us a neurotransmitter in our tears called leucine and keflin, which is, it's a neurotransmitter that's a painkiller. And it's like, wow, you know, why would Mm. we try to suppress that? You know, our bodies are made to excrete in multiples, in multiple ways. But here's one that is absolutely trying to, I I won't say heal, maybe that's a strong word, but at least comfort us in a time of need. And Mm -hmm. you know, for men, I've always stated, okay, if Jesus was a big enough man to cry, then (laughs) then I'm okay with crying too. (laughs) You know, I I don't know. It's uh, I think we have to listen to our bodies. Whether it is okay, I'm depressed and I need help. Whether it's through medication, through talk, or whether it's I need a good cry. How many Mm -hmm. times have you heard someone say, "I need a good cry"?
1: yeah i I definitely. think there's a reason
0: their body's telling them something um that you need some comforting don't don't hold it back.
1: I saw a woman on one of my grief boards that I'm on. I'm on a couple on Facebook, and I can't tell you how much they have helped me, but I saw a woman post just a couple days ago um tell me some sad movies to watch. I need to cry, and I can't seem to get these feelings out. Mm. And so it is very important and I, it's rough because sometimes you have to hold it in. You know, you can't cry all day, every day at your work and whatnot. But I I definitely um, cry often coming home from work. I would call my mom a lot on my way home from work. And now I drive home crying, which is not the safest, but, um, I just try to talk to her and let some feelings out. Um, that's one thing that has been really weird for me since she has passed in my mind. I thought that after she passed, I would feel her more spiritually than I do. I thought that I would be able to feel that she was in heaven. And I just feel very like I'm having a hard time separating how she has been physically here with me to what I thought I would be able to feel in my heart. Um, I've been back to Georgia a few times and I just as soon as I get there I want to just run to the cemetery and be near her Mm. and last time I actually took a blanket and just laid there and cried and talked to her and I still felt so connected to her physical body and so it's it's been hard trying to talk to her I cry every single time um because I just don't have the feeling i thought i would have
0: mm. um that that is hard and I- i'm curious like have you have you had any dreams about your mom or anything that is comforting in that way
1: i did have one um on the one month anniversary of her passing i had a very rough day and that uh next day ever since the day she passed, I've been sleeping with one of her pajama tops Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I just hold on to it. It's a physical thing again. And after I had such a rough day, the month after um, I got out a different article of her clothing that had her smell on it. And I slept with that that night and I dreamed about her and it was amazing. It was It was like a normal thing happening in the dream. It wasn't like she was like, hi, I'm back. I'm here talking to you, you know. But she was so happy to see me. And she hugged me. And we just had such an amazing time together.
0: Mm. And as
1: soon as I opened my eyes, I was elated. That I had gotten to see her and hold her. And then it just turned into such a devastation as well because I just I want my mama I have never felt more like a child than since I have lost my mom Mm. and that's all I could say at her funeral I kept just saying but I just want my mama and everyone kept saying you know she's not in pain anymore and that that provides me you know just a obviously i'm so glad she's not in pain it was horrific at the end but i want my mama i don't want my mama in pain i want my mama you know right and it just it can be so heartbreaking um i do want to share that today i i felt i got a lot of what i needed um My mom, I didn't realize at the end that she wouldn't be able to talk. Um, She had been doing pretty well. And my daughter and I went to Georgia to visit her for fall break. And she had been amazing the week before. And when we got down there, she was just different. She was so tired and that was not uncommon. And so I just thought, okay, well, mama, you know, let's just get you in bed. You can just rest up. We'll have a great time the rest of the week. But she, the next day we were able to get her out of bed, but it quickly just went downhill. And she immediately was unable to talk anymore. And so I didn't get the goodbye hmm. that I think I needed, Um because i was able to say everything i wanted to to her but all i could do was see her pain and her wanting to say stuff in her eyes you know but she couldn't say anything and i wanted to hear those words that she loves me um today i actually got that um when she was first diagnosed with cancer, those 20 plus years ago, she was devastated that she was going to be leaving her children. And she made me a recipe book, a handwritten recipe book. Hmm. And and I've used it for 20 plus years. And in the front of the book, she wrote me a letter and I've never read it. Oh, wow. Because I, I knew it was her goodbye to me. And that's why she did it. She... She had told me she wanted to be there with me all of my life and see me grow and have a family. And so she wanted me to take these recipes throughout my life, you know. And so uh, today I finally read the letter. Hmm. And I wish I'd never had to, but it was amazing. And she said all the things I needed to hear. Um, wow the i love you's and the you know i love you with every fiber of myself and there aren't words to say how much i love you all those things that i was able to say to her but she wasn't able to say to me um i have it i have it she made it for me so many years ago
0: Mm, what a gift
1: it is such a gift Mm. i will treasure that forever
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's amazing and and quite timely that we're doing this podcast on a day like that and and wow i just can't thank you enough for sharing that and um i think it's wonderful that your mom was still able it's interesting you know how I feel like some of our actions still transcend through time and and the grave, you know, and this is obviously one of those things that, uh, you know, she had set up before and wow. I just, I I can't state what a gift.
1: Mm. I'm sure she thought I read it all those years ago, but I just couldn't. I my mom was still here and I wanted to live in that. Um. And today I took it down for a recipe and I was like, it's time. And I'm so grateful. Wow. (laughs) What a gift.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is amazing.
1: (laughs) And Um... I feel like I can finally let go of that feeling of, I didn't get to hear her say goodbye to me, you know, just some closure. Yeah. I,
0: you know, in, in one of my first podcasts on, on here, um, I spoke of a painting or, I don't know, it was some artistic rendering of this. I think it's called first moments in heaven and and i just think wow what what will it be like and mm-hmm. uh i'm just curious like when you see your mom again and and as believers we know that that is true spoken mm-hmm. in you know first thessalonians four thirteen through 18 we will meet our loved ones again what do you feel like that moment would be like <sighs>
1: I just feel like I would never let go of her again. <laughs> I just want to hold her. I want to hug her. I know she won't be so happy to be reunited and I I can't wait. Um I worry. I guess just because of all the unknown. But I just worry that it won't be the same like I've read things in the Bible about you know there's no marriage and husbands or wives mm-hmm. and things like that so will it be like she's my mom you know um, but I think I've kind of been telling myself not that that would be a loss but that we would all love each other on that same level that I love my mom, Mm. that it wouldn't be that, oh, you're not my daughter. We're just, you know, saints up here. Um, But that it would be that incredible love with everyone. Maybe.
0: I, I think that when we get there, um, I don't know that relationship will have the same meaning that it does here, for sure. Like you stated, you know, we can definitely state uh, there will be no husbands and wives in heaven. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I went through a divorce here on earth and uh, I am remarried. I believe that both of my spouses will be in heaven and what an awkward situation that would right. be for me. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Very true.
0: Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I am happy that, that, uh, my ex-wife will be in heaven. You know, I have no ill will towards her. Right. Um, and, and I'm absolutely ecstatic that my wife now will be in heaven with me. And, uh, you know, it's, it is hard because we, I think our understanding of God and our understanding of heaven and, and even of a relationship is quite limited in, mm-hmm. in what we know and feel. And there is no doubt in my mind that you will know your mother. I, right. I have no doubt in my mind. Otherwise, those verses, like in First Thessalonians four, would be of no value to us. But it it right. states that we grieve we grieve differently because we have hope. We have hope yeah. of seeing your mother again. You know, I uh, yes, I'm certain that even if I don't meet you in this lifetime physically that I will know you in heaven. Like we, this is a relationship, you know? Right. And, and I feel like that, and just the fact that we will be in so much awe when we get there that, um, I don't know that we'll get stuck on this on relationship. (laughs) And, And I think we all will be so happy. It's kind of like the, the saying that, you know, I always hear, um, People say, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God about blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, do you really think you're going to care when you get there? I know that I'm not going to care. I'm going to be just so happy. Um, And and I'm telling you, like the last couple of podcasts I've had, I've been able to talk about this. And, um, you know, when I talk about heaven, it just... uh, you know, uh, the last person that I had on the podcast, I I asked her, you know, like, what do you think heaven will be like? And, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll throw that out there for you too. Like have, do you have any thoughts of just not even, uh, about your mom, but like, do you, do you have any thoughts of, of just the glory and awe that you will be in when you're there? Any thought?
1: I. I, I struggle with it um, mm-hmm. because I can't imagine how amazing things will be. And the things that are said in the Bible, various things about, you know, the streets paved of gold and God went to prepare a place for us and mansions and different things. They just don't. They can't be awesome enough in my mind (laughs) Mm -hmm. to be like oh wow that's what it would be like it's very hard for me to conceptualize really I mean I feel like it'll be peace um I feel like the closest I feel to heaven is when I'm in church and we're singing And I can just close my eyes and imagine singing with all the people in heaven. And that peace and worship just takes away fear and the unknown. Mm -hmm. I feel like that feeling that I have when I'm worshiping transcends my idea of what it might look like or be like individually. That's have you I ever done?
0: Have you ever done the Emmaus walk?
1: Are no. you
0: familiar? Okay. No. Well, I can't disclose certain things about it, and it's not some <laughs> secret society or anything. But there, there is uh, something called the Emmaus walk, and uh, I don't know. Uh, it, you can check it out through churches, but you basically spend a weekend away from technology and away from just everybody in your life and. Uh, They do separate men and women into, you know, different groups. Like there'll be a weekend Mm -hmm. for men, a weekend for women. But there is something in that Emmaus walk that um, I can't describe it to you because it's, you're kind of, I guess, sworn to secrecy just so you don't ruin (laughs) it for other people. But there is something that happens that weekend and it is the closest thing to heaven that I can imagine. I mean, I, I still have chills of that moment, you know, wow. going through it. And, uh, I just, I really feel like there was as close to knowing what entering those gates will look like. It just, um, wow. it, it's an amazing feeling. Yes. Yeah, check it out. That's if you intriguing. Can, yeah. I don't, I don't even know. Um, uh, let's see if I can find something while we're chatting here, but um, Emmaus walk. Yeah, here we go. So, you know, and it's after that walk to Emmaus uh, from the Bible, that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of where it originated from. Um. So it looks like it's a, I don't even know if that's right. Yeah, it's seventy-two hours. I guess like it's, um, it's just a really neat experience. But I don't know how to find, um, where they're at or mm-hmm. <laughs> that's horrible. Um, I need to find that's out. Okay. <laughs> but here's here's like events. If you go to it looks like upperroom.org, um, you can find that and and maybe find one near your home. But it was a, a wonderful experience. Like there's parts of it that um I, I would state, you know, I'm I'm glad I only went through it once, but there are parts yeah. that uh it was it was eye-opening. And again, that one experience, it was worth every hour that I spent there just for that moment wow. because I felt like I really did see uh, just a glimpse of what heaven would look like so anyway
1: that's incredible
0: yeah yeah um i don't know if i if i find another link or something i'll put it in the show description but um okay, well cool. i i know we've we've been all over the place and uh you've been a, a much enjoyable guest and like i tell most of my guests you know you are absolutely welcome back i would love to touch base in, you know, six months, a year down the road, whatever, and just see what progress you've made in your grief journey. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you're, you're kind of in those raw stages, you know, just three yes. months in and, uh, but it it sounds like you do have a lot of coping skills, a lot of tools, a lot of resources. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just thankful to hear all that, but Um, Stephanie, I I do want to give you any last words, any thoughts, uh, anything that you think we've missed on the podcast. Uh, Our time has flown by and it seems like I've only been (laughs) talking 10 minutes with you. You've made this cast very easy.
1: Thank you. Um, I guess I just want to reiterate how amazing my mom was and In that letter that I mentioned that she wrote to me, while she told me all the things I needed to hear about saying goodbye, basically, every single bit of that letter was pointing back to God, Mm
0: -hmm. telling
1: me, Jesus will be there for you. You know, seek God first, all of these things. And to anyone listening who does not have a relationship with God, I would hope that you would open your hearts up at least to take a look into who Jesus is. And I can't imagine going through this without God. So, and having that hope, like you were just talking about that, we will see our loved ones again. Um, If I can do anything, I would like for people to seek God. Um, because that's the only way we can get through this life and God loves us. He just loves us. Yeah.
0: I don't know that, uh, I could state it any better than that right there. And, uh, I, uh, I don't know, like I stated, you've been an awesome guest and, and I can't thank you enough for being here and just sharing, um, how much your mom meant to you. And uh, I've been encouraged just by knowing her faith and, and knowing how it's changed your life. And, and I know many others will listen to this and feel the same. So thank you. Thank you
1: so much for the opportunity to be here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening to the grief observed podcast with us today. I hope you've really been blessed by this episode Don't hesitate to contact me if you want to be on the show and uh, be able to tell your story about someone and and maybe be able to honor them as much as Stephanie has done with her mother today. So thanks again, everybody. We'll we'll see you on next episode. Have a great day.